Hey mamas, we have Denise Jelinek on today talking about how to be intentional with our self-image and how that helps us to show up as more intentional mothers all around. So if you're on this healing journey, if you ever feel like you don't know yourself anymore since becoming a mother, stay tuned because Denise has some awesome advice for getting back in touch with who God made you to be. Hey there, Mama. This is True Presence, the podcast where Catholic moms like you and me learn to be embodied souls. St. Catherine of Siena said, be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. In the midst of hurry, worry, and social media, we're doing a 180 and focusing on real presence, communion, connection, natural living, and bringing eternity into our hearts and homes. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you're here. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. I just wanted to tell you, I absolutely loved the article you wrote for catholicmom.com. And I wanted to ask you, because that article, it was was all about self-care, but it was so beautifully Catholic. And I think in this world, we get all these confusing messages about what self-care is, whether it's selfish. And Could you explain a little bit about your ideas behind that, your ideas of what a sacred self-image really looks like? Yeah. Okay. So a sacred... So first of all, thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. It is so awesome to share the truth with your listeners. You just said it. I mean, we get so jumbled up in the secular world and we get so confused that we don't actually hear the Lord's truth. So it's so beautiful to have this platform so that he can speak through us so that they can hear what he really wants them to know. Because self-care is exactly what the Lord asks us to do. And before I answer what self-image is, I want you guys to know that second to loving the Lord, our number one job on this earth is to take care of one person. First, and that person is ourselves. You know, so often we're busy momming and wifing and neighboring and daughtering, and we forget that the daughter, the mom, the wife needs to make sure that she's been cared for and loved and tended to. You guys, I'm not talking about luxury or doting on ourselves. Just talking about getting our basic needs met. Heck, I'm just talking about recognizing that we have basic needs, really just seeing ourselves. And I know at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about how we can start to grow in that and some action steps for that. But I just wanted to let you know that second to loving our Lord, he has entrusted the care of you to who? Who has he entrusted the care of you to? Not your husband, not your parents anymore. He's entrusted it to you. It's one of our missions in life is to take care of our minds and our bodies. It's really holy work. I completely agree with you. I think, you know, when the Lord says for us to love our neighbor as ourselves, well, right there, it's just written in right there that we are also supposed to love ourselves because then what standard are we holding for how we love our neighbor? Yeah. 
And we're going to talk, I know, a little bit about the roots of self-neglect, which, you know, that's kind of where so many women, Catholic and non-Catholic, are living right now. And so, in general, what is self-image is? It's just kind of the way you view yourself. You know, like, what do you know about you? And in the secular world, we might start saying, like, what labels would you put on yourself? And I find that so often what we view of ourselves, you know, initially is taught to us by our parents and then informed by society. So it's very interesting that I was a music major for a semester and I still think I'm a great piano player. I've played piano since college, you know, significantly, but I still believe I'm a great piano player, even though I'm really, you know, I'm mediocre at best. But I think that what we grow up with, we start to just believe. And you guys can think of it right now. Like, what are some of the labels and how would you describe yourself? Some are things that are really like our strengths. We would call them our strengths. Mm. I'm organized. You know, I'm a great cook. I'm kind. Epistatic. So there's all these things. Sure. Yeah. I'm good at that. And then some of the labels are some of our shinier sides. Like I said, Mm. totally fine. You know, I'm a really impatient mom. Personally, Denise Jelinek is not the best cook. So that's what our self-image is. But the coolest part about self-image is that at any point, you can change it. And you can cultivate it. You guys, it's not written in your DNA as in general, the self-image. But what we as Catholics believe is written in our DNA is a sacred self-image. And what a sacred self-image, a sacred self-image is pretty much what the Lord sees when he looks at us. But I'm going to tell you, I'm still uncovering what this is. Because yeah, it can be a lot to sort through because you're right. We, we do have all of these internalized ideas and looking at ourselves the way the Lord looks at us takes so much healing off of those layers to get down to it, to the way he formed us and the way he loves us. And I like how you say peeling off of layers, but let's be honest, what does that really cost us? I'm going to tell you what it costs us, friends. It's going to cost you quiet and space and time. You're not going to know what your sacred self-image is if you don't give it the time, attention, and silence for him to speak to us. And for years, you know, as a convert, especially, I didn't even know this was a thing. And I never intentionally started to look at my self-image, my sacred self-image, probably until the last year. But I did start to get to know, come in tune that, hey, maybe the Lord sees me differently than I see myself. And I couldn't internalize it or even personalize it until I started to have a deeper relationship with him. And I'm going to tell you about the things that get in the way of that in a minute. But, you know, here's kind of what I see the aspects of what a sacred self-image is. It's just going to the Lord and being like, hey, what do you see in me? How do you uniquely create me? 
where have you made me irreplaceable? Because you all know that there's no one on this earth created like you. Okay, so that's kind of cheesy. We've all heard that. But the more profound truth is that there was no one else created in this entire world at any time that can perform, if you will, the intricate function that you have been designed to do in the Lord's kingdom. Like, you're looking at this crazy jigsaw puzzle, and then there's you, you, that little piece over there. And if that's how unique you are, because you know when there's one piece missing from a puzzle, it's like, you just look at the one piece. But that's how you, that's how we all are. And that's like crazy to think that that's how special and chosen and cherished and precious we are. Like, whoops. You know, I think you're so right, Denise, about just one of the reasons why this is so hard is that it does take that stillness and that chance to have quiet and to contemplate. And I think in today's world, that is such an alien concept. Like, what do we do? Like, let's say you have a quiet moment or not maybe necessarily you, but so many of us, we have a quiet moment. What's the first thing we do? Pick up our phone. We pick up our phone. And and we don't spend time just in that stillness, in reflection, in thinking. Instead, what we're doing is we're scrolling and so often looking at other people's lives. And that, instead of just giving us a chance to even begin to work through all these things, is bombarding us with the things that are actually so painful that make us feel even less or even more inadequate than so many, than what we could do if we were looking just at our lives and just viewing ourselves in the Lord's eyes. Absolutely. I truly believe that one of the fastest ways to get to know the Lord is to get to know ourselves. And the only way to get to know ourselves, and what I mean by that is thoughts. What am I even feeling right now? Oh my gosh, I just picked up my phone. Just becoming aware of ourselves. That's what I mean by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for that because humility, humility has to start with accurate self-knowledge and our relationship to God, knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves in respect to him. And humility is that path to understanding our Lord. Yeah. What, Denise, in your opinion, leads to the self-neglect that I think is just It's so common. Women have such a hard time figuring out how to do basic self-care. And I think, you know, we get we get somewhat confused onto what that looks like. What do you think leads to this distorted balance, this balance that is not quite right in our lives? I love that word distorted. Distorted because that's how simple and peaceful the Lord's teachings are. Because when we feel division and confusion or lack of balance or distortion, let's look at what is the truth. And I truly believe 
the, the roots of self-neglect start because we live in a world where everything is very outward focused, very external, external, external. And that's what we're taught. We're taught some basic hygiene. We're taught how to foster our hobbies and our interests. And, you know, how can we use your strength and use them for this organization or use them in school or grade? We are always looking at those external measures. Then as we get older, we learn life skills, money, home management, cooking, everything that we are taught can be measured, practiced, seen, felt, touched, something that you can check off a box. Our world has now made gods instead of the Lord of productivity and efficiency. And you know that's true, everybody listening here, including Denise Jelinek, because sometimes you just get I can tell you, I have used my to-do list as my little G God. Been like, look how amazing I am. Look at all the stuff I got done. It is so true. We put productivity. I mean, this is this goes back as far as the Tower of Babel. Like productivity has become our God. And I think especially in the post-industrial revolution era, this is this is our measure of self-worth. This is what do you contribute? Yeah, absolutely. So it there's a couple of things. I really believe, like I said, our God, the productivity and efficiency have led us to not even consider what the unseen is worth tapping into. Their feeling, our beliefs, our values, ourselves. So what are we taught when kids fall down and scrape their knees? Oh my gosh, you're okay. And so, you know, my, there was this instance where we had a situation yesterday where my son made a mistake. And historically, when he makes a mistake, he has this stress response where he just, you know, he's processing it himself. Anyway, that's really uncomfortable for my husband to see. And he always wants to be like, oh, buddy, come here. Like, it's totally fine. Like, to like stunt, if you will, the whole process. But he's just working through his feelings. And then we can talk about his feelings later on. And later on, I can be like, oh, you felt like you, you know, you made a mistake. It was a total accident, but it still feels like you disappointed us. Right? Just trying to help him name his feelings. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to stop him from actually feeling it. Yeah. Well, I want you to know you didn't disappoint us, but I can see why you think that. So I think more now we're teaching kids how to be in tune with their feelings. But so often, all of us moms, we usually are very uncomfortable around other people not feeling happy or comfortable, especially especially our husbands, right? Yeah, our husbands, they're supposed to be always in a great mood and high energy and ready to just, you know, <laughs> spread joy to the families, obviously. Yeah. So I think that on a, on a personal level, we're never taught to tune into our feelings, we push them down. There is this, there's this like visceral response, especially we were raised in an environment that couldn't hold space for those, that somehow feeling them, feeling our feelings, it might be dangerous in some way. Yes. And so the natural thing that happens for all of your listeners who don't know anything much about thought work is when we have a feeling and we push it down to create space between ourselves and the feeling, 
we buffer and we buffer with activities that are typically very self-sabotaging. Things like eating, drinking, scrolling. So you guys, that's the reason that you pick up your phone. Number one, it's out of habit. But number two, silence feels so uncomfortable. So we just pick up our phone because then we don't have to deal with the silence. Because everybody who's listening to this, try for like, I don't know, 10 minutes to not pick up your phone. How about 60 seconds? Because any uncomfortable feeling we have, we do something with it. We create some sort of movement. And then what happens is that we numb out with some sort of self-sabotaging behavior, eating, drinking, scrolling, yelling at the kids. So we're not actually addressing the real need that we have. Did you hear me? We're not addressing the real need which we, we have, which sometimes just means I'm acknowledging my feelings and I'm feeling them. That's my real need is to just sit with myself. But ooh, that's uncomfortable. So get into this cycle of self-sabotage and then now we're starting to gain weight. We see ourselves doing behaviors we don't like. We feel horrible about it. And then to make ourselves feel better, we create distance between ourselves and that uncomfortable feeling, which we buffer more and then we feel more horrible. So we get into this cycle. And what's so interesting is that we get into this, this cycle of not feeling great about the way that we're living. And the root is we're just neglecting ourselves. But our this, this secular answer is what? I love this. The secular answer is to look at the buffering activities. Oh, well, I'm just going to stop scrolling. Oh, I'm just going to go on a diet. Oh, I'm just only going to have one glass of wine instead of two, right? So we look at the buffering activity, but that's not the problem. The problem is, is that we're not willing to sit in our discomfort or just acknowledging what our feelings are. So I can go on any sort of diet. I can make whatever rules, right? I'm only going to pick up my phone, you know, for 20 minutes. You can make whatever rule you want, but it's still not addressing the real need, which is you just need to be seen and cared for and tended to your real needs, right? And if we don't do that, then that just leaves that vacuum that needs to be filled with something else because we're still, it's unresolved. So I want to give you all a little gift. And that is one of the things that helps women start to meet their own needs and tune in with themselves. It's a five-day challenge. And you ask yourself two questions. Are you guys ready? Everybody. The two questions. So how can you like get out of the cycle? Because like you said, there's going to be a So let's don't worry about the scrolling, the eating, the drinking, or whatever you're doing that you don't love and just add something new because our brains love to do something. So the two questions that you're going to ask yourself at least three to five times a day, I do have women I've worked with who set an hourly timer. So you ask yourself two questions. The first question is this, what are we feeling? And you can just get a scrap piece of paper and write it down. And you know what? It's funny because in the beginning, you're going to be like, I don't even know. Just put a question mark. Totally fine. Your job is just to ask yourself the question. You don't have to have a great answer. A little hack, though, is you can Google feelings wheel. It'll have like these big sections that are like angry, happy, sad, something, something. And then it 
goes, that's in the center. And then it gets more descriptive in the next circle. And it gets even more descriptive so you can get more specific. And you're like, I feel happy. Well, what do you mean by happy? Optimistic. Oh, like hopeful? So you can kind of get to that place. Yeah, I'm feeling hopeful. Okay, so that's your first question. And then your second question is, what do I need? And again, in the beginning, you're going to be like, I have no idea. Question mark is a great answer. And the other thing I want to tell everyone is you don't have to actually what you, you're asking your brain, what do I need? What does your brain think would be awesome right now or a good solution to wherever you're feeling? Or you're just, it doesn't have to be attainable. So what do I need? You might be like, I need a mocha. That doesn't mean you're going to get one for like another five hours or something like that. I remember when I started doing this, I would be like, I really need that person to call me back. I've got to find out if they're able to drive my son. Now, I've already left a message. I've done everything I can do. But in my brain, I really would need an, I really want an answer to feel calm because I was feeling very uncertain at that time. So the point is, is that you go through your day and you ask yourself, what do I feel? What do I need? And I love the, what do I need? Because so often, because I work with emotional eaters, so often women automatically turn to grabbing something to put in their mouth, gum, ice, you know, food, snacks. But when they ask themselves, what do I need? It's usually something like, I need a sweatshirt because I'm freezing. I need somebody to, to quiet my son. I need to find that pacifier. Like I need something. And they start to recognize that it isn't food. And is that just sort of trying to pinpoint what that like that root thing is that's bothering them? That's the core of the anxiety. You know what? It's not. It's really just to, it's really just to start getting them to know themselves. Mm. You guys, there's no miracle thing that's going to happen here. All you're doing is you're asking yourself the questions and then you let the Lord reveal what he wants you to know. Yes, it sounds really constructive too. Like I think it's it's such a good positive first step. And where do you think that mothers who are in this process of trying to heal their self-image, how can they how can they take this a little bit further into their life and what does that process really look like? Yeah. So I definitely think on on a fun challenge for yourself. Do this as a five-day challenge. Heck, do it for up to two weeks. But then you get to start looking at what I like to call quieting my humanness. Hmm. And that is starting to stop living on autopilot. Stop living on autopilot because it's only our humanness that's living on autopilot. And I I won't get into humanness, but I love saying that to be like, oh, I really only want this because I have a human body. Oh, I because that's just, it helps me separate me from the sacred and divine. Like, oh, this is so Denise. This is so part of Denise. This is just my humanness being really loud. Of course, I want to look like the good soccer mom. Of course, I want to have like the best snacks. Okay, I I just want to point that out. Like, that's how my humanness comes up. No, I really love that you're holding space for that too, because 
when, when we when we're going through this work and we're trying to build our self image in a positive way, it can be so easy to fall into judgment. And then when we do that, when we're judging ourselves and those things that bubble up, we can't process them anymore because we're trying to push them away, right? Yeah. Yes. You guys, this is all a process. I promise you that when you get to live as your fully united self to yourself and the Lord, which happens very infrequently for me, but when it does, it's exhilarating. I was just thinking about what you were just saying too, because I remember reading the practice of the presence of God. And for those of you who don't know, this is a, a book that was done in a series of interviews with someone named Brother Lawrence, who was very good at practicing the presence of God, being with him, kind of just inviting him in all the time into his day. And he had this thing he would do where every time he realized he had a flaw, he would just turn to God and say, of course I do, Lord. How could I do otherwise without you? And just, I feel like that is such a, it's a healthy thought that we can bring into this whole process that helps to keep us grounded. Of course, we have these things, this humanness. Yes. And how could we do otherwise without our Lord? Men, it is so yes, and and the Lord has such a great sense of humor, and I am so serious. So I love that. Thank you, Kelsey. Yes, of course. So on the serious side, or how I like to do this is be like, "Hey, Lord, what did you create me for?" I love asking Him questions, mm. and I don't, I don't pressure myself to have answers. But once we open up questions, and this is how the human brain works too, is when we ask a question, our brains will start to look for the answers. So when we say, well, how did the Lord uniquely create me? Like no one else is like me in this way. And so for example, Denise, like I love journaling. I love fruit punch flavored things. I like pink. Like what are all these like super unique things about you? I'm not really on the scent. I really like peppermint. I love really fluffy, warm socks. So all of these things that are just about you. And so you just start to appreciate the Lord made you so uniquely. And I love not having to be like serious about like, at least think of what are my quirks. Right. Right. I think one of the things that, that can help with this too, like when we look at our children, we do this all the time, right? Like we love seeing their quirks and we embrace those. Can we do that with ourselves? Like that childlike wonder. I also like asking him, where am I irreplaceable? Where am I Mm. irreplaceable? And you guys, the first place you're irreplaceable is to who? Nobody else, I love saying this to people, nobody else is going to fill up your water bottle. Nobody else is going to make you lunch. Nobody else is going to give you a shower. Nobody else is going to put on your favorite lip gloss. Nobody else is going to put lotion on your elbows. Nobody else is going to do that for you. And he would if he were here. I mean, you are his hands. You guys, when we don't take care of ourselves, who are we thinking about all day? That is counterintuitive, isn't it? Yep. It's one of the most self-ish things we can do is to neglect ourselves because that's where our mind is. We're thinking about how we're hungry. We're thinking about how we don't have this. 
we're thinking or about worse. That. We're not even noticing that. And then we're just showing up with to our families as grumps. <laughs> Amen. Yes, we're so grumpy. Finally, I think you can take, there's two more tips I want to give you. Sure. Uh, number one, start saying to yourself, of course, of course, of course, I'm so human. Lord, how did you create me? What are my quirks? Where am I irreplaceable? I think you could also write a letter to yourself in adoration that sort of, and, and it would start for me, it would be from the Lord. Denise, this is what I see when I look at you. And, and it would start with something like this. My precious chosen daughter, I love you so much. You're so cherished. When I look at you, this is how I created you. This is what I see. And if you guys want to have a good old cry, woo, write yourself that note. And then I think at any moment, any moment, especially in adoration or your prayer. And here's the thing is I know so many women have very rigorous prayer routines. But I think one of the best things that we can do is to just sit there all cozy and say, Lord, what do you need me to know? What do you need me to know about me? About this journey? What do you need me to know? And you're going to start thinking about your whole laundry list. What do you need me to know about me? And it's so uncomfortable to say that. But he's got stuff to tell you. And you know that's true because you're feeling it right now, everybody. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I really need that work. You're going to know whether it's the Lord's voice or your own because you're going to feel peace in your heart. And that's how you know it's the Lord and it's no mistake that you're hearing this. He wants you to know how precious and loved and cherished you are. And to start treating yourself that way. And I know we gave you some practical tips so you can start that journey. Denise, thank you so much for all of these tips today and for being here. I just want to, because we have about a minute left, I want to make sure that people know where they can find you. Yeah, so I work primarily with women who are looking to lose weight and stuck in emotional eating. So I teach women how to get to and maintain healthy weight for the rest of their lives without dieting. So they, I teach them how to eat the foods they love. And you can reach me at turntogodnotfood.com. All right, friends, if you liked this episode, one of the ways that we can get more awesome guests on this show is if you leave a review. So scroll to the bottom of this episode where the reviews are and hit those stars and then write me a little message about what your favorite episode was. I promise to read every single review and keep trying to get you the guests and information that helps you through this mission of motherhood. Oh.